Welcome to the Absolute Worldie Podcast. It's a world-class World Cup pod or a mediocre pod about people having worldies. You decide. I think people have decided. They're I just, think they're just not telling us. They have decided in their droves. Kyle, how are you? I'm fine. Do you know why I'm fine? Tell me. We're approaching 600 listens. Six? I, mean, I really think you should stop telling people how many people have listened to, to, to the 10 episodes we've released so far. Look, when we get to 1,000, we'll have a party. You heard it here first on the Absolute Worldie podcast. We will have a pie. And if you've listened, you're invited. And we're the drinks are on Kyle. I will put some money behind the bar. <laughs> Good. How are you, Joel? Do you know what, Kyle? I am well. Do you know why I'm well? Because this World Cup might be my favourite one since 1998. Joel was saying to me earlier that one of the reasons that he was excited about this World Cup to begin with because we were doing this pod, which is very sweet and lovely. Yeah. But apart from that, he wasn't that bothered. In fact, you thought about boycotting it. Well, I thought about boycotting it because of LGBT rights and racism in the stands. Racism in the stands hasn't hasn't apparently been a problem. There haven't been the monkey chants that have blighted... Uh, Russian football in the domestic league recently. Uh, LGBT stuff has been... There was a dodgy thing in that there were some safe spaces opened up uh, in Moscow and St. Petersburg for LGBT fans that were immediately shut. Why? Uh, Nobody knows... Well, the the why, of course, is not worth asking when you're talking about Russian politics and LGBT rights, but uh, they were shut. Oh. Uh, But anywho, uh, no one seems to have been attacked for being gay, which is better than I thought it was going to be. But more importantly... I say more importantly, less importantly, but more importantly for me to have enjoyed the World Cup. Go on. Big boys are out. Which big boys are you happy to lose? They are dropping like flies, Kyle. I'm happy to lose all of them. Argentina, gone. See you later. Messi no more. Uh, Ronaldo and his Portuguese gang of... Hooligans. Hooligans. (laughs) Sorry, guys. That's just the first word that came to my mouth. (laughs) Gone. No more. Uh, Germany and their German... Stuff. I think this World Cup will be remembered as the World Cup where Germany didn't even turn up. There's that beautiful photo that was on the back page of uh, the Telegraph, I think, where it was the goal by Son. Yes. Where there was no goalkeeper. Because if you remember, I called a certain German goalkeeper out to be my Moscow mule. You did. And he decided to go and try and get an equaliser and played it left back for the for, final few for minutes. For no real reason. It's just standing on the halfway line on the left of the hand side of the pitch. What a nutcase. So there's a stunning photo with no one in goal, an empty goal for the South Korean striker to shoot into. The headline was the day that Germany disappeared. Wow. Uh, the one thing I would say is the, the sheer schadenfreude. Uh, which we've talked about on the podcast before. We have. Joy at the expense of others. Um, uh, of the English press and uh, media and just of national mindset that the Germans are out is pathetic. It is disappointing. What is it linked to? We War? I mean, it's just silly. I, I mean, I think back to Euro 96 and I get upset. Oh, it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> like, I'm glad Germany are out because they're a well football power and it's made it more exciting and less like, less known who's going to win the World Cup but I don't care for this like this sort of weird anti-German rhetoric I think it's stupid it is quite stupid yeah. but you know what is a World Cup without nationalistic pride and silliness well uh, the World Cup that I'm watching seeing as I have no nationalistic pride but a lot of silliness and finally uh, uh, of course Argentina, Germany, uh, Portugal and Spain at the time of recording which is just before the Brazil-Mexico game those four teams the biggest teams who've who've crashed out Um, and it's made the World Cup I think personally more exciting but I was wondering Kyle do you think bearing in mind that as well as uh, a certain Mr Putin 
uh, um, this podcast is geared towards people who may not be that interested in football. Do you think having the big teams, including the Ronaldos and Messi's as well, go out is making them less likely or more likely to be interested? I think people who I know that don't like football are amazed by the shocks. And if that keeps them watching, that's good for the tournament. And it's good for the wider world of football to be more inclusive. So actually, I think it's good for football that these teams are going out. It keeps but, the na- narrative dramatic I and mean, shocking. But the truth is, today, the games today, if uh, we ended up with a quarterfinal between Mexico and Japan, I would be delighted. But I think a lot of people would want to see Brazil and Belgium. It depends how they were going to play. Yeah, true. Very true. It really does depend if they're exciting or not. So we have 12 teams left, which is not strictly possible, but we have two last, four last 16 matches to play. And two quarterfinals already set up. So we have... Uh, the quarterfinals, quarterfinals. It's Uruguay-France and it's Croatia-Russia. And then the winners of Brazil-Mexico will play the winners of Belgium-Japan. Belgium, I nearly called them Germany, just to give them a bit of a remnant <laughs> of interest. Axis powers. Oh, God. And then England or Colombia versus Sweden or Switzerland. Switzerland. Yes, exciting times. No, it's, it's genuinely, I'm, I'm, I've loved it. And I thought, and I think anyone... Neutral or otherwise, who watched the France-Argentina game, France 4, Argentina 3, cannot deny that it was exciting, it was emotional, there were amazing goals, there was a new world superstar coming onto the scene in Kylian Mbappe. I, 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 I challenge anyone, even if you hate football with your soul, to not have enjoyed that on some level. I agree. Joel, are you hungry? Hungry for what, Kyle? Well, we're going to be together all evening watching the football. I just thought maybe I'll get takeaway. What would you, what would you fancy for dinner tonight, Joel? I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you're going to tell me, though. Well, I've got a list of options here. Maybe you would want some Mexican fajitas. Nice. I like Mexican fajitas. Yeah, they're great. Maybe instead you would like some Brazilian carachal. <laughs> Churrasco? Is that what you're trying to say? My way sounding more Portuguese. <laughs> Brazilian barbecue, sure. I, I'm worried about where this is going, but I'll let it keep How about some up. Japanese sushi? Japanese sushi, classic. A cold option. I'd rather have some teriyaki, but go for it. Honestly, my partner wants sushi every single day of the week, and I never fancy sushi. When do you have it? It's, it's not hot. I want a hot meal. Anyway, whatever. Maybe you want some Japanese sushi. I do. Or maybe you want some moufrit from Belgium. Moufrit. Delightful with some, uh, with some uh, mayonnaise, but never ketchup. These are the options for today. These are the teams we get. These are the culinary uh, offers to, to accompany the teams <laughs> that are playing. But what I'm going to order a side order of, Joel, is curried goat. Right. Okay, because Jamaica is suddenly going to be in the World Cup. No, no, no. It's because the goats, or the greatest of all time, <laughs> Messi versus Ronaldo, the whole goat debate is over. It's been curried. They are both out of this tournament. Wow, that is the longest build-up to what was, frankly, a fairly disappointing well, gag. when we talked <laughs> goat about... Goat being greatest of all time, just in case you don't know, that I is what I that. was referring to, a goat, a G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. This is the first time that the goat has come into the football parlance. It's it's actually, it's quite an Americanism. I think it, yeah, it's, it's Michael Jordan is the goat. For basketball? Yeah. But I think the... baseball have one too. Sure, probably. So this World Cup, there was a, a magazine front cover with Messi posing with a goat, which led Ronaldo, many people believe, to grow a goatee beard for the... And serious, I'm being completely serious. A lot of people think he only did that in reference to saying he was the goat. Now we can put the goats to pasture yeah. because Portugal and Argentina are out. Decide, are they pastured or are they curried? I mean, either way, they're... Curried. Curried, right. So they, they, they've not been pastured. <laughs> they've been curried. I do, I, on a serious note, 
No, not serious note at all. Do you? Will you miss them? Will you no, miss Messi not at all. Ronaldo? Not even a bit. But on a less serious note, Messi or Ronaldo? What? Who's the goat? Yeah. I couldn't care less. I'm going to eat them in a curry. Pele. Mbappe. Mbappe is going to be the goat. Could be. He could be. He's not, imagine this, absolute worldy listeners. You are 19 years old. You're at your first World Cup. The World Cup is supposedly the pinnacle of your career as a footballer. And you are on fire. You've already got three goals. You're firing your team through to the quarterfinals. Imagine if Mbappe fires France all the way to, 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 the world, to their second ever World Cup. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine the, the weight of expectation on his 19-year-old shoulders is not weighing heavy. I'm incredibly impressed. If I think back to myself at 19, Joel, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Bring it on. I would have been well happy to be in that <laughs> position. You're quite, you know, if you're, if, you're full of, if you're full of talent at that age and full of confidence. No, I'm saying I was. I was not a professional footballer. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you, maybe that you need that, na- that naivete. Naivete. To, uh, to, to kind of thrive in that environment. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just been mightily, mightily impressive. Um, tell you what we should do, Carl. Let's have a little break. And then after that, I think we should have a little chat. About the players of the World Cup so far, what do you think? And after that, I'm going to do you a little World Cup update quiz. Holy moly. <laughs> Come back to us and we'll get ahead of it after the break. We'll be getting ahead of it. So for those of you who are avid listeners to our pod, uh, you will be well aware that we've categorised players since the very beginning of this tournament. We've had Russian Roulette, we've had Moscow Mule, and we've had Hot to Trotsky. Mm. Now, we decided to review our Russian roulettes along lines of who has actually been the real impressive players. We've not always got it right, let's face it. Some of you have been quick to tell us that in, uh, in messages. Uh, critical, but also supportive. Some might say too quick. <laughs> Some might. So we have gone ahead uh, today and we've compiled a new Russian roulette team, a first 11, if you will, of players who have really impressed at this tournament. Uh, and we're going to read them out. And what we'd like for you to do is to tweet us back with your own at Worldy Podcast. That's our our Twitter uh, handle at Worldy Podcast. It's amazing how good you are at social media. I have allowed us to grow from no followers to a few more than none. We've got a few more than no followers on on Twitter. Well, hopefully our listeners we keep, for want of a better word, badgering them. <laughs> They'll follow us. <laughs> right. Let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, uh, the Russian Roulette Eleven. Start with the, the eleven. The job. eleven who've played well enough that we think they might earn a move, or they are just so. Impossible to ignore that they have to make it into the World Eleven of the uh, World Eleven of the World Cup. Sure, let's call it that. Um, so at this point, uh, as we say, we've got two last sixteen games ahead of the quarterfinals, semi-finals, and final. Goalkeeper, Croatian hero, Subasic. Only three goalkeepers have ever saved three penalties in a penalty shootout at a World Cup. That is a Putin Pravda. Did I point. say three or two? I meant two. That is a Putin Pravda point for the ages. Yeah, he's one of two. The other one was Ricardo in two thousand and six against. England for Portugal. Wow, that's Famously amazing. then scored the winner with his gloves off. Hero. Yeah, absolute hero. Threw his gloves down as he was kicking, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Subasic, the Croatian goalkeeper. He plays for Monaco at the moment. He's 33, which is no age at all for a goalkeeper because as we've established many moons back, how do you stay fit as a goalkeeper, Kyle? Skipping and jumping. Yep. Fact. Facts on the Absolute Worldie podcast. Facts. Putin Pravda points, whatever you want to call them, they're things. We know there are big clubs in Europe looking for new goalkeepers. We've already discussed this, and you can add to that list Juventus. Yeah, uh, so I'd say Supersic is, is primed for a move from Monaco. Let's move into the back four, Kyle. Uh, so, controversial one at left back. I've basically shunted a right back in there, because I just think he's had a, a marvellous, marvellous World Cup. It's Mario well, uh, Fernandes. Uh, who? 
Mario Fernandez. I don't think there's Italy were in this World Cup, Mario Fernandez. Who's this Mario Fernandez? Well, Kyle, let me tell you, Mario Fernandez is Russian. I will believe I will suspend my disbelief. He can't speak Russian. Ah. Even though he's lived there for five years. Five years. He plays for Sisko Moscow in Moscow. Ah. Uh, he's a 27-year-old right back. We're playing him at left back because of our right back decision. So he's, he's versatile. He's versatile. Um, so he, my favourite uh, thing about him, and it is a Putin Pravda point straight from the Putin Pravda source. He uh, was not granted initially Russian citizenship. He had already played for his... He's actually a naturalised Bra- Brazilian. Ah. So he had played for Brazil, but he wasn't granted... Uh, they rushed through his Russian citizenship under presidential decree. Vlad, good Vlad. move because he has played very, very well. well. He's been, I think, he's been probably, whilst he's not been the flashiest of Russia's extraordinary World Cup so far, and they have had an amazing World Cup. Uh, he has, he has been the most solid, the most dependable. He's been that outlet ball against Spain. I thought he was brilliant. On the other flank, it's basically based on one, one thing really, Carl. I'd say. Go on, Bavar, Pavar, Pavar. The French right back, who's Pavard, not a right back, who's not a right, but probably in fact, yeah. So really, we could have played him at left back, if seeing as he's not a right back. But anyway, he he's playing a right back. Goal, would he? So Pavard is in there. He's twenty-two years old. He plays for Stuttgart in Germany. He is in there for one reason and one reason alone, and that is a worldie of a goal. If you score a worldie, you become a world, an absolute worldie Russian roulette player. Done. If you saw that four-three, you will remember that goal. It's the one from out, just on the edge of the box. The right back hits it. Almost like a feather touch with the outside of the the, the so ball. So good. Oh, it, it's an absolute thing of beauty. Go back and watch the Pavar goal against Argentina. Uh, and if you're still wondering, I don't know how you still won't be wondering this on episode 11 of the Absolute Worldy podcast. Um, if you're still wondering why we've called this podcast what we called it, that is a worldie. We will never forget that goal. Yeah. And I'm going to finish off the defence by telling you our centre-backs. Tell me. Yeri slash Jerry Mina. I see. I think Yerry Mina sounds better than Jerry Mina. It's spelt with a Y, but I've heard he pronounces it's spelt with, it with a J. It's spelt with a Y. Spelt with a J. The word Jerry is, but his is spelt Yerry. I thought his was spelt with a J and pronounced. No, like... it's spelt with a Y. Oh wow! Three Y's in Yerry. Uh, he is named after Tom and Jerry, so therefore I think, oh well, it must be Jerry. Uh, but he has had a stupendous tournament from centre back for Colombia. I was he was actually my hot to Trotsky. Was he? Yeah, because he's a gorge pop, but he has been... Oh, oh, what, sorry? An absolute hotcake. No, no, what was it you called him? Gorge pot. A gorge pot? Yeah. He's really... He's a pot he's a of real gorgeousness. Cutie, and he's also a goal-scoring set-piece. Towering. Who knew he was that tall? He's got two goals from inside the box from set-pieces. England have got to watch him in the last 16 years. Yes, match. they do. He's also only 23 and plays for Barcelona. Uh, and frankly, can't get in the Barcelona team. He's fourth choice centre back. So I, at this point, I think a Premier League team should come in for him now. I mean, now like, literally, now is the time to do it. I think Barcelona would probably sell. They're still first choice centre halves of Pique and Umtiti. And I don't see why they. Uh, if you bid something insane like 30, 35 million quid, I don't know why anyone wouldn't take him. Tottenham manager Pochettino, if you are listening, and I think you may be, yes. he could be the perfect signing. Perfect. Combining with his international compatriot, Davinson Sanchez, you could have 10 years of solidity there. Absolutely. And to match his uh, youth and exuberance in the central defence, we've gone for Diego Godin. Well, now, here's an interesting one, Carl, because he has been probably the... I mean, not probably. He's been the best defender at the tournament. Uruguay are a team of uh, brute strength built around two extraordinary centre-halves, him and Jimenez. They've conceded one goal in four games. Uh, And... 
I would say, what are you talking about? Russian roulette? He's not Russian roulette. He's a proven, world-class, probably the best defender in the world. Well, I hear he's been running down his contract, Joel. <gasps> and I hear that if you would really want to go from this summer, you could get him for about 20 million euros. Which, in terms of football, is nothing at all. Even if you had one good nothing su- at all. season out of him, he would... Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I That's back pocket change. Loose ch- chump change. Chump change for Godin. <laughs> He I mean, he probably couldn't afford to buy himself. I mean, maybe he could save up. <laughs> Why but... would you buy yourself as a football? <laughs> it's a bossman ruling, isn't it? No, that's your out of contract. You don't pay off your... <laughs> anyway, they would make a great partnership. They've both had stupendous tournaments. Yes. Diego Godin, I think, could... If, if they are able to push on to the final Uruguay, he will be their absolute captain fantastic. I think anyone, anyone in, in the whole of football would want him in their team. Let's move on to midfield. Midfield. We're going 4-4-2, are we? We are. Brilliant. So uh, let, tell me the centre midfielders then. Uh, we've got Coutinho. Philip Coutinho. So Russian roulette, are Barcelona going to let him go? They're never going to let him go. They just signed him for 148 million euros. But he's. we couldn't keep him out. He's had an yeah. amazing, in the absence of what you would call world-class performances, or worldies, from Neymar... Mm. Coutinho has stepped up uh, that goal he scored I think is still probably the goal of the tournament he doesn't just score goals though. he actually is such an impetus for forward play yeah. he, his range of passing is amazing he he will be the and the main reason that they succeed if they keep going on colour me excited uh, who's alongside him in centre midfield Bentancur Bentancur now the, I'm uh... going to be honest never heard of him before this tournament oh I had he's had quite a good season in Serie A with Juventus because they rotate, so they play certain midfielders in the Champions League, Juventus, and they play certain midfielders in the Italian League. And uh, Ben Tanko had been playing more in, in the Italian League. Well, I heard that he, I'd heard that he played for Juve from commentary and from uh, Twitter and stuff. But I assumed that he'd been out on loan. No, he's been there. He's young enough that I think he'd get a move away if he's not starting in the Champions League. Uh, and and that's happened with Juve players before. Kingsley Coman comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, young, exciting, really brilliant players playing in for a big team in Italy, but not playing enough game time, so they leave. And Juventus don't mind because they they really can have their pick of any young player in the world. Juve. What I really like about Ben Tanker is he's Uruguayan. In case we didn't say, uh, the whole Uruguay midfield to me was unknown, and that's what we've discussed this before. Coming across unknown but potentially brilliant players is what a World Cup's all about. Absolutely, and I think that he this could be the making of him. He could become a household name this summer. Uh, and uh, let's talk about the wings then, Carl. You tell us about the wing, the wing attackers. The wing attackers, as we've established on the Absolute Worldly Podcast, that famous position stolen from netball, finally. Wing attack. Uh, the wing attacks. Do you know what? We've gone for a, a two, two Russians. They could probably sw- they could probably chop and change. They could probably switch wings all the time. I was going to say chop and change, but I think he's Polish. Yep. Move on. <laughs> that would have been a rubbish category. A, a chop and change. Golovin and Golovin Cherche, yeah. Golovin, uh, probably Russia's uh, best attacking player, uh, debatable, but still, uh, plays for Siskiya in Moscow. Cherchev plays for Villarreal in Spain, and the commentators during the uh, Spain-Russia dour 1-0, uh, 1-all draw, uh, which Russia was so excited about, that ended in Russia beating Spain on penalties. The commentators couldn't resist, resist reminding us consistently that Cherchev lives in Spain and speaks Spanish. Cherchev uh, moved to Real Madrid initially. Yeah, and then has bumped around the Spanish league, never starting, never really being the ma- the man. And ever since he came on as a sub in the first game in that five nil demolition of Saudi Arabia, he has looked fantastic. In fact, 
I would think that non-football fans would have noticed him because he wears number six. He's got this kind of skinny frame. He seems to be able to beat men at will. Well, he was the poster boy of the opening day, the big 5-0. He, yes. he scored two absolute crackers in that game and all the all the TV and picture coverage was of him, basically. Yeah. And, of course, the moustache manager. The moustache manager, indeed. And, uh, you know, everyone's growing moustaches, aren't they? Uh, and then Golovin, his mate, has been linked with Chelsea. I think that move is happening. Is it on? Is it absolutely on? I think... Is it a classic Abramovich hears of a Russian player doing well and buys them? It's exactly that. He is young. He's a a wide attacker. I think Chelsea are lacking in that department. A wing attacker? Sorry, did I say wide? Yeah. I meant wing attacker. Sorry, you said something that was actually a football term rather than a netball term. (laughs) That's not a worldy. Chelsea are in dire need of some new wing attack. They are. And uh, they're going to bring in Golovin supposedly in the next couple of weeks. Let's talk strikers then. Let's talk strikers. And I'll tell you what I'm going to say to you, Kyle. What would... Four hundred and fifty million pounds get you up front at this point. If we had to buy two two men for that, yeah, you got that's how much money I've randomly assigned you. I think I could get Kane and Mbappe for Kane that. Kane and Mbappe, so absolute worldie. It's not really Russian roulette at this point up front. Kane scored five goals in two games, and Mbappe's on three as we speak. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both available. Tottenham need to fund an, a billion pound stadium. If somebody bids, and obviously you know football's disgusting. There's no question that this is a revolting thing to say and it hurts me to, to the bottom of my feet to say this when, you know, austerity is crippling society. But if somebody bids £250 million for Kane, the chairman of Tottenham, Daniel Levy, is going to bite the hand off. I'm just going to predict this now and as we've said, our predictions do not always come true. I mean, so my, predictions, me to this. my predictions never come true. But so Ancelotti is going to take Benzema to Napoli. Yes. Ronaldo is going to return to Manchester United. And Harry Kane. And Mbappe are both going wow. to sign for Madrid. 450 million quid, what we said. 250 for Kane, 200 for Mbappe. They've both uh, been touted to Madrid. They've both been courted by Madrid. Yeah. Could it happen? Unlikely. But if it does, you heard it here first. And as you can hear, the um, national anthems are kicking off. We're going to have a break and come back with a quick update World Cup quiz. <laughs> It's half time. It's Brazil nil. Mexico nil. It was sort of good at first. We enjoyed the first 15-20 minutes. Yeah, Mexico harrying. Great skills from Herving Lozano. We both agree we've probably been better ahead of Churchyev or Golovkin, Golovkin in, our, uh, in our team we did previously. Yeah, but we already mentioned him as one of our original Russian roulettes. He was the original Russian roulette, it's true. So I, I still feel like he retains some integrity. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, no. Uh, I've been most excited by the fact that Javier Hernandez, Javier Hernandez, a.k.a. Chicharito the Little P, and uh, Mexican centre-back Carlos Alcido appear to both have bleached, blonde, bleached their hair blonde. And Joel has a theory that they did it to each other. Yeah, well, I think they, you know... If, if two players from a team have both suddenly er- turned up with bleached blonde hair, my guess is bored in a hotel room. Speaking of being in a hotel room, Marcelo, the Brazilian left-back, is missing this game with a back spasm problem, seemingly from his hotel mattress. And if, like Vlad, he had been listening to the uh, Absolute Worldy podcast, he'd have known that mattresses are really important. Yes, Belgium brought their own, and they seem to be doing just fine. Exactly. Um, I'll be honest with you, Carl, other than a couple of half chances, that's the most exciting things that I can think to talk about 
from that game. Is well, we some... suspected as much. That's why I prepared this World Cup update quiz for you. Absolute worldy update quiz for me. Not for you guys, just for me. Well, Let's see how well I do. You've noticed that I tend to offer Joel quizzes and I don't let him do any research. And, then you know, he gets a bit annoyed sometimes, but I think he enjoys them. I tell you what I enjoy. I enjoy it when I get it right and surprise myself with my lack, with my football knowledge. That's great. When I get it wrong and expose the gaping, gaping holes in my football knowledge, that's less good considering this is, to all intents and purposes, a uh, World Cup football podcast. No, but it is not one for boffins and know-it-alls. It's for people who need to learn and wouldn't want to learn. Yes. And like little factoids. So here's some more. Factoids, a.k.a. Putin Pravda points. So, also, why don't you play the quiz as well? If you beat Joel, let us know by tweeting us. Tweet us at Worldy Podcast. Okay, Joel, how many goals have there been so far at this World Cup? How many goals in general? No discounting anything. Not including penalty shootout goals. I said it's been about three goals a game on average, maybe four, and we've had about 45 a hundred and ninety. Lower, it's a hundred and thirty-six. Oh wow, I, I overshot quite badly there. But who scored the most goals? In terms of the player, who's leading in the Golden Boot race? Harry Kane. Harry Kane, and he scored a goal on average every half hour of playing, which That's is amazing. insane. That's amazing. How many penalties have there been? Right, so a week ago, at the halfway point, thirty-two games played, there've been sixteen penalties. Since then. I think there's been nine more, so I'm going to say 25. 27! That's such a good... I mean, before yesterday, that would have been right. Oh, yeah, true. How many own goals? Five. Ten. It's a new record for World Cups. Ten own goals. Is that penalties a a new record for World Cups? No. I I feel like there have been more penalties in this World Cup than there normally are, and I don't any longer think it's down to VAR. I think there's been a definite clampdown in certain kinds of challenges in the box. I like the word clampdown, and I agree with you. I think that there's been a lot of penalties, but don't forget the tournament is not over yet. True enough, but that is, I still feel... 20, uh, 27, did you say? 27. That's a lot of penalties. How many red cards? Two. Three. <sighs> still really low for this stage in the tournament. Yeah, true, and also considering the number of penalties there have been. We've already said how many teams are left. It's 12. How many of those teams are previous World Cup winners? Oh, I know the answer to this. Uh, I'm going to take my time to give the listeners some time to think. Uh, the answer, the first one is Uruguay, famously world champions in the 30s. Mm-hmm. The second one would, of course, be France, mm-hmm. the champions from 1998. And the third one is a little team that we all know should be wearing four African lions on their chest. That is, well, also Brazil. That's correct. Four teams. <laughs> I forgot that Brazil was still in it. We're watching that game now. But don't forget, Uruguay and France are pairing off in the quarterfinals, so only one of them can get through to the final four. True. Very true. How many teams uh, will have... If uh, Brazil lose this game, how many teams will have ever played in a World Cup final who are, in the, who are left in? I didn't work that out. That's not in the quiz. Well, I can't imagine that's that many. Are these the, Well, the teams that are left are Mexico, Belgium, Japan, Colombia, Sweden, Switzerland, Russia and Croatia. I, I know for a fact that Sweden... Uh, we're in the final of their own World Cup back in the 50s. Right. So I think that's it. And then England, France and Uruguay. Mm-hmm. And then Brazil, obviously. Yeah, that, what, I mean, this is why I'm saying it's the most exciting World Cup that I can remember. Is that the last question? 
That's it. I think you did quite well. Thank you. I think I got most of them wrong, but I I had some good stabs in the dark. Should we come back to them after the second half? Well, yeah, let's come back to them. First of all, give me some predictions. I think the listeners like it when we make predictions at half-time in a game when they already know the outcome. Do you know what? I don't want penalties. You don't want penalties? No, I had two yesterday. It was boring. I want more teams going for results. I'm going to go... 2-1 Brazil. I'm going to go 1-1 and then extra time... And then 2-1 Mexico. Oh, Carl's just made a huge surprise face at me. It could go either way. You, of course, know this. And so for you, there is no dramatic tension now. But for us, there's 45 minutes of such. See you in that amount of time. Bye. Joel? Joel, wake up. Why are you asleep? Oh, Kyle, Jesus. That was dull. Jesus didn't play very well at all. No, he didn't. He was rubbish. Brazil were okay, I suppose. Neither of us were correct with our uh, prediction. It was Brazil 2, Mexico nil. Game boring. I mean, really dull. Mexico just didn't seem to have anything about them in the second half. If you think back to the Mexico that we fell in love with after that Germany result. Yeah, where were they? It, they, they played in a similar way in the first half, but they don't have any... Incision, no striking, no, no, no shots in the box. Also, really bad decision-making in the final third, I thought. I completely agree, and they are out. Goodbye. Adios, Mexico. Uh, but Brazil still not played very well. I don't think that they are can be a favourite for that semi-final, if they make it. I mean, later on this evening, we'll be watching Belgium and Japan with a special guest. Oh! Uh, and uh, uh, I think Belgium could probably beat that team we just watched today. You'd hope so. You'd hope they'd punish them for being so mediocre. They and were just, I mean, nothing. I mean, it was being played. Let's. We're being a bit, maybe a bit too harsh. It was being played in thirty-nine degrees heat, so it was must have been very energy sapping. It certainly sapped my energy. My eyes, listeners, were shutting. I'm just thinking of all those boys playing on the beach. You know, they used to play futsal as kids in the blaring sunlight. Probably, probably they didn't. They probably played at nighttime when it was cooler. But if anyone can handle. That sort of heat. Surely it's the Samba boys. Yeah, but they just—it just all seemed a bit slow and pedestrian, and there wasn't much skill on display. Uh, the sort of one-two for William and Neymar's goal—that was okay. Yeah, it was inspired. But they are playing like a European team. We see enough of those European teams playing like that in Europe. Thanks. Yeah, we'd like some Samba magic, please. I mean, it's the whole point of Brazil, isn't it? Just... Although they did actually—and this is a nice stat that we picked up—they just surpassed the uh, record. Goal tally for World Cups. They've just taken over Germany. They are now the top sco- top goal scorers in World Cup history, Brazil. And Mexico just lost their seventh round of 16 match in a row. But they did just overwhelmingly uh, elect a socialist president. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Every know, cloud. Out of the World Cup, home to a socialist utopia. Uh... <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure that Herving Lozano and his friends El Chucky and the lads will be super... He is El Chucky. You can't, yeah, El Chucky can't be lads. friends with El Chucky. El Chucky and his lads. El Chucky and his lads. Herving Lozano and the boys. El Chucky and the lads. Whatever you want to call them. They'll pick up themselves quickly when they realise they're returning to a socialist paradise, I'm sure. Yeah, Mexico socialist paradise. Build that wall now, Trumpo. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, I mean... Um, to be honest, Kyle, uh, at this point, I my predictions for this evening... Another dull one. But at least we'll have a special guest. At least we'll have a special guest. But it is dulling uh, what... I mean, that maybe that first day just gave us all the wrong ideas. 
First day of the knockouts, I mean. Fourth, the uh, France 4, Argentina 3, Uruguay 2, Portugal 1. Those were exciting games. Ten goals in two games. And then yesterday, two penalty shootouts. Today, I thought that was genuinely more dull than the Spain-Russia game. At least there was an interesting narrative going on in the Spain-Russia game. Let's see what happens. Let's back the Japanese. Let's back the Belgians for a, a rollicking game. And we can't wait to introduce you to our next special guest. So we're here with our with our guest, Kyle. Our guest for the evening game, the Belgium evening versus game. Japan. And he is so excited about Belgium Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look at his little excitement. It's Amachada Patel. <laughs> That's not my name at all. Amma Patel. No, Amma Patel. Amma, 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 Amachada Patel. Amachada Patel. Do you well, like having Chada in? Yeah, it's double barrel, mate. I because mean, because Kyle has that as well because of Facebook. And I associate people who have their middle names up on Facebook, I assume, really enjoy hearing... I thought that was I... what we were supposed to do when I signed up. It asked me a full name, so I put it in. Mother's Maiden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Father's Nick. Yes, exactly. Uh, I just... Um, uh, anything to just differentiate me from being just a standard Patel. You just don't want to be a standard Patel? Well, because there's like 10 million of them or something. So you just thought the chatter would just like... Just an edge. I can tell there's nothing standard about you. Thank you. He's a polymath. He can do music. <laughs> Lots of math. He can do performance. He can do production. Joel, what else can you do? I'm running out of he things. He can talk about Belgium and Japan. And I can't do any of it good enough to be famous. I mean, who wants to be famous? <laughs> Me. I think he Probably the three of us. I want to be Jack of all trades. I want to be famous. That's <laughs> why we're doing a that. podcast, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. Good. Good. You just filmed a film. How was that? I did film a film. Uh, it was a very strange experience. Yeah. You were allowed to talk about it, you told me. A little bit. Doom. Doom. I'm, I'm in a film called Doom. Yeah? Is that it? That's, all, that's, that's what you're allowed to say. Watch out for that Watch film. out for this, guys. It's going to be hot. Um, uh, no, yeah, it's a reboot of Doom, and it's going to be... Um, oh, I don't want to talk about this. No, fine. Did, <laughs> I'm did it, get did it go over trouble. the World Cup? Uh, did it go over the World Cup? Did it overlap with the World Cup? No, 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 not so, at all. So you've obviously, therefore, therefore in, your, in your position as, as football fan, along with all your polymath stuff... I've watched every game. Every game. What's yeah. been your highlight? <laughs> Uh, the one game I watched. Which was? England v Belgium. Oh my god. That's the only game you've seen from this World Cup. It's the worst game. I'm, try- oh, I'm trying to remember if I saw another one. Oh no, I saw Panama and England. The big one. The, the big, big one. 6-1. Six, six, I didn't actually watch it. I just watched the highlights. I mean, that's all you need. Yeah, right. Seven goals. That's what I've learned. That's a lot of highlights. Football. That's what you've learned. Uh, what, so what is your relationship with football? Any at all? Um, I, I use it as a, uh, as a, a tool facilitate being around men I like how do you have to do that that's nice I like I, that. well I, I allow it to take me away and put me in situations where, with people that I wouldn't ordinary ha- ordinarily hang out with okay because people don't want to go out anymore but, but they love watching football yeah I have a few friends who just I'll be like hey you want to go get brunch or you know uh, laser tag oh no I'm working and then they'll jump at the chance to just go and watch a match I'll be like I'll come yeah and then sit there and talk at the well, they're what? like, uh, what? sorry, mate, you just just trust. Ooh, so yeah. what were you saying? I'm like, oh, you're not paying attention. That's frustrating. Yeah, and then I, I've, I've actually just written a whole song about it. <laughs> a, song? a whole song about it. Yeah, a whole, a whole. <laughs> I will definitely. I, play, we're definitely going to play a bit of it I at the end of the episode. Yeah, I wanted to do like guest stings, being a musician, and so I started at, at my computer and started writing stings, and then three hours later, I just written a two minute long hip hop song <laughs> about football. You well, might we'll... have to tell some of us what a sting is. Oh, a sting is a musical interlude. 
Ours, ours are written by Adam Janota Pazowski. A fantastic Stingmaster in his own right. Stingmaster? Stingmaster. You, would, you call, <laughs> would you call yourself a Stingmaster? I'd call myself a Sting protege. A Sting protege. Well, um, I don't know. If you, I know you are slightly familiar with the format of the podcast, so I know yeah. you're familiar with uh, Hot to Trotsky's. Yes, of course. Uh, would you like to uh, run your eye over a couple of our Hot to Trotsky's? Yeah, bring them. Bring Belgium, Kyle. Who was our Hot to Trotsky for Belgium? Tommy Vermeulen. Oh. Tommy Vermeulen. He sounds like the baddie in Stranger Things. <laughs> he does. He does. Badass uh, teenage yeah. kid. Let's see what you think. Oh, Tommy. He's, uh, Why do you treat me so badly? I would say he's <laughs> he's got a... Um, that is exactly what he sounds like. That is, yeah. That, that's his vibe. Tommy. Well, it's Thomas, really. So, Thomas. Uh, tell the listeners. It's, Thomas, it's Thomas. good. This is the thing that I think makes best radio. When you, te- when when you try just, oh, and describe... That's that is a great one. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he's, he's holding a ball. <laughs> and he's, but he's not... I don't know how he's holding that ball. It's yeah, floating. Yeah, it's like it's cupping it. He's like cupping it, but his hand's clearly not big enough to do the. The physics in this photo are remarkable. Yeah, but um, what about the, the actual look? Oh, his actual face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the sun is coming through the flesh of his ear and making it nice and red and orange, and that's quite a remarkable feature. Yeah, that makes like that's like a white people color thing. I can't tell where his cheekbones end and his beard line starts. It's uh, he's sculpted. I yeah. also really like the fact he's shaved. And this oh is, yeah, he's this is something that I would never do, but I think I have definitely tried whilst shaving. Isn't that a chin strap? Oh, it's like a chin strap that that sort of like is aggressively attacking his cheeks. Yes, yeah. you can like, see the contour of the side of his right hand side there. It's like he's got a felt bit of fabric that is his facial hair just, just stuck on it's beautiful yeah, it's just flocked his we've right just, we've discussed shaving on this podcast quite a bit before and mine and Carl's quest for various different types of facial hair you are a hirsute chap mm. you can do a proper full on beard can't that's you? because of my Indian heritage Joel yeah but I've got Middle Eastern Jewish stuff and I can't do a beard you've got quite a good growth area though. growth area yeah that's the technical term <laughs> the for what your beard is this is the best I can do for a beard it's shoddy, uh, yeah. I'm, shoddy I'm, I'm very lucky yeah I have a big fat head of hair when you if you ever shave yeah. do you do what I do I've discussed it on previous podcasts and I feel like that's what Vermarlin's done here is you start shaving start, bits out yeah, just bits to of, see what what it looks yeah, like yeah yeah you, you it's do about, I think it's the most fun a man can have on his own in a bathroom nope I could have more fun than that, Joel. Okay, good. Especially with a vibrating device. Okay, well, let's quickly move on to Japan's Hot to Trotsky. Okay. So, Sakai. He, he Sakai. I, I do want to say that Thomas is very attractive. I haven't actually said that. But not Hiroki Sakai, who is starting this evening, but... <laughs> Which Sakai? A Sakai whose name begins with G. Gotoku. Gotoku Sakai. How could I forget Gotoku, of course? Gotoku Sakai. He was my... I think he was my optimum Hot to Trotsky in the end. Opta Trotsky? He's not Japanese. Oh, well, well, that's, wow, let's not. What did we discover? He was half he's, American, he's half, half, Japanese. No, half German, half Japanese. He's half Japanese, half I take German. It back. Born in New York City. Born in New York City. That's what it is. Half German, half Japanese, born in America. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I like mean, him. come on. What do you think? He's got a very football look. Yeah, he's dressed as a footballer. Looking <laughs> <laughs> at a picture of him wearing his kit. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Someone you look at, you're like, if you met that guy yeah. on the street, you'd think, yeah, footballer. Uh, he's hot. Ish, but not necessarily to. I talk. actually like him when he's angry. Look at that. Yeah, we like that photo when too. He's like, when he's angry, he's screaming for his life there. So, Why am I wearing pink? Yeah. If you had to pick him. between him and Tommy Vermeulen, who Ooh, would you pick? Oh, jeez. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Tommy Vermeulen. So is that going to mirror your prediction for the result this yes, evening? Yes. What do you think? Japan, I've, Belgium. Belgium have been playing some good football this season. 
ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。ですね。
They are. Yeah. They are. yeah. Uh, Belgium, have, I've not really troubled them that much. Well, Belgium have put a lot of pressure on goal, uh, uh, Joel, but um, but Japan have been there at every turn, <laughs> holding them back. Holding them back. We spent most of the half looking at uh, Lineker criticism because... Uh, he was being a bit sensitive, making sure that he wasn't saying anything stereotypical when doing a comparison so, of the Japanese players' height to the Belgian players' height. So, Absolutely, yes. Uh, Gary Lineker famously went and played at Grampus 8. Yep. Which the, is the team in Japan. The famous Japanese team, yeah. <laughs> that I'm aware of. That you're totally aware yeah, of. Yeah, I've been following uh, their and career. And speaks passable Japanese. Yeah, I would say probably he could, he could have a conversation with your average Japanese um, store vendor. I love how we're saying it's possible in comparison to our Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about you two, but I don't have very good Japanese. Oh, my Japanese is fantastic. That's why I'm rooting for them. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing that's clearly happening is Twitter is blowing up right now. Twitter's, it is blowing yeah. up. Twitter's There's a lot of people who are upset that it would be in any way racist to say that Japanese people are short because facts are facts. Yeah. Now... Fact, I, and facts aren't racist. And facts aren't racist. That was a big one. That was a legitimate quote from Twitter. Somebody <laughs> felt it necessary to tweet that facts aren't racist. Facts in capital letters. Although I have to say, I have less problem with that than I do with the BBC commentator calling the Japanese player players busy bees. Busy, busy bees. bees. That's awkward, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that is awkward. Because bees swarm around. They're little. Yeah. They're and quick. They're, they don't have thoughts of their own. Nope. They're very organised. Oh yeah, there's a real. That's not a good. He had. He didn't think that connotation through, especially when it's talking... just condescending. No, yeah. no one's ever described the English team as busy bees. No, no. they would be valiant lions. Yeah. yeah. In oh, fact, when God, they lost, that's exactly what it is. Do you remember when David Beckham got sent off for kicking out? Back of course in I do. Of course I do. Cut. They were called eleven in the front page of the Sun. Eleven, uh, ten brave lions, one silly boy. Wow, wow. Really? So it doesn't yeah. matter who you are, really. If, if you screw up, then they hate you. Well, yeah, but silly boys are not as bad as the <laughs> yes, worse. <laughs> Maybe we should just call the Japanese players silly boys. Silly boys? Yeah. A I, bunch of silly boys. But they're playing very well for silly boys. Oh, they're not playing like silly boys. They're playing. We like also want to boys. put in our own admission for Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. Khrushchev's it's been a while. Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. It's been a while since we visited Khrushchev's Corrections Corner. Tell us why we're visiting Khrushchev's Corrections Corner, Carl. Ama is quickly looking up to see if he can find the truth. <laughs> yeah. He the, said, the truth, and then doubted uh, himself in the break, that there were how many million Patels I said that the there world? were around 10 million Patels in the world. Uh, I've yet to be able to clarify whether I was right or wrong. I just saw the uh, article he's scrolling <laughs> on his phone and it had Dev Patel on top of it. <laughs> he's one of many Patels that we're aware no, of. he's the lead Patel. He's isn't probably he? the lead Is Patel. Is he the most famous Patel? Yeah, I'd say that he's like Mufasa and I'm like Scar <laughs> when it comes to Patels and that I'm just jealous of him and I want him out. Ow! I'm going to push him off of Pride Rock. I'm going to push him out of Patel land. Patel, there's a land. There are said to be more than 500,000 Patels scattered across the world outside India. It doesn't say how many there are in India. Yeah, but I'm going to say a lot more than that in, in India. Oh, wait, hold on. 1.6 million. Okay, basically there's probably not 10 million Patels, but there's probably quite a few. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think we've dealt That's with that important. correction. Yeah, that well is, done. That is, well a, done team. that is Khrushchev's correction. Very relevant. Dealt with. Listen, yeah. uh, on the Absolute Worldy podcast, this is all, as you know, Anything for the benefit relevant. of Vlad. <laughs> yeah. That's the uh, Vladimir Putin chatbot. Okay. Any reference that we make to him. So no, that he knows. It, it goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. monitoring. Um, oh, and oh, yeah. he would, you know, I'm pretty sure that Vladimir Putin's relationship with India is strong and has no negative uh, qualities whatsoever. <laughs> we love Vlad and he loves us. Yeah. Um, uh, have you got any other thoughts on the first half? Um, I th- don't think Belgium movement is playing very well. That is a that is a good that is a is that an astute observation. Yeah. Fair Have point. you been bored? Um, 
Has it given no. you a sense of... I'll tell you what, if it carries on like this, I'll get bored very quickly. But um, but what I have been noticing is a lot of pressure being put on by the Belgian team and a lot of fight from the Japanese team. There were a couple of fantastic tries and goal by the Japanese team um, towards the end of the first half. Watching you doubt yourself as you talk about football is about... Uh, I wish this was... Reco- we were I'm just worried video. that every time I speak, a word will come out that's completely wrong. Yeah, I'm but like, that's great. Yeah, that's, like, you this know, is what this podcast is about. <laughs> it's about taking people who know Kagawa went nothing. into the box and he, uh, he, he stopped the ball with his left foot and then he candlesticked and... Um, <laughs> And it was tremendous. But. Candlestick, that is actually a couple thing. I mean, there was a try and goal where the ball went straight to the Belgian keeper's hands and he fumbled and it went through his hands and the, sh- the shock on everyone's face was yeah. like a taste. Thibaut Courtois, a real mistake. It could have led to a goal. Awful. It didn't. It didn't. It's so, nil-nil. Yeah. It didn't, it's true. Uh, have you, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm really setting you up, Carl, here with the boredom thing. I'm trying for... <laughs> he wants me to say, that, am I suffering from a sense of ennui? Because there is a player for Japan called... In, in we, we. Mm. and the Belgian attacking coach is called Henri. Yeah, it's it it writes itself. Tell you what, guys, <laughs> it doesn't clearly because we've struggled. You've got you've got the the this next little musical interlude to come up with some kind of uh, on on we <laughs> in we on re joke. We've got the entirety of the second <laughs> half to do it. So let's see who gets there first. Uh, in the meantime, it's no no half time. Are you sticking with two? I hundred percent am sticking. But I also challenge two. you to find a better hot to Trotsky than than, uh, uh, than we've got. I think I'm gonna go go for Shinji. Kagawa. You like Shinji? Do you know why? Because he's just got a really nice smile. Well, not there, but he's got a really nice smile. Yeah, he Look does. at him smiling. He's kind. And that's the kind of face I want to wake up on. <laughs> wake up on? Yeah, a smiling face. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll see some more of that smiling face in the second half. Yeah. yeah. See you just after this. Bye. Everyone's I mean, I know oh. out there in World Cup land, you in real life world land, you've all probably recovered from uh, from this game, but we I have not. I have not recovered from that game. That was extraordinary. Five second half goals. Mm. One of them with the last kick of the game, the winning goal for Armour. Belgium. Oh. Oh. I still stuck by two one though. <laughs> That's not what happened. Well, <laughs> at in, one point, in my head. At one point, it was two one to, yeah. to Japan, yeah. and you celebrated a bit too much at that point. I blame myself for the loss. It was. I mean, that I genuinely got emotional. I was yeah. screaming when they were I, 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 unbelievably screaming. No, no, yeah. No, when they were running up the pitch at the end, there, Belgium. I mean, the tactics were crap for Belgium. Japan was so good. <laughs> the tactics were just. Who's Get, the tallest who's person? Who's the tallest person? <laughs> but the it tallest turns out person, yeah. Belgians are taller than Japanese, Japanese people. Fair, as they say on Twitter, facts aren't racist. racist. Yeah. To be fair to Vertonghen, that wasn't a racist header. That was a thing was of beauty. Yeah. Look at that again If he meant again. to do that, then yeah. wow. I think We're still talking like everyone will have watched this game. He kind I mean, of cocked his leg in a way that implied that it was planted. Harry Kane did the same thing for his mm. Tunisia goal. Yeah. Um, 2 nil. it was, to Japan. Oh. Two goals in, I think... Four, just under four minutes. And it was pr- pretty clear, I'll be honest with you, in, in terms of the absolute absolute worldy uh, crew on this end, who, who we were supporting. Because mm. the screaming of yes, 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 when, I mean... We lost our shit. We, yeah. we absolutely lost our marbles. Yeah, just so excited. I'm just... I'm, they, were, they were such underdogs. Oh, I can't, such underdogs. I can't get over... I and they, just, they worked so hard. Yeah, they, they really they did. They did loads of, loads of running. Their pedometers would be off the chain. <laughs> They're all hitting their 10k. They're all hitting their 10,000 steps a day. Little stars coming down on the app to celebrate. 
Poor guys. But like, as Martin Keown said, they were busy bees. <laughs> they were and very busy bees. <laughs> they were... <laughs> not in a racist way. Not in a racist way, except just in a racist way. Can you imagine what it would feel like in your body, in your mind, in your heart to be... Belgium. Conceding that goal <laughs> with the last kick of the no, game. If, you're, if you were a Japanese player, you would no. be crestfallen for weeks. That my was, yeah, my life hasn't had enough highs to experience that, that low. low. <laughs> that his, his tears at the end of the game. Oh, were. the goalie with his lip quiver. I mean, that's, this is why you do enjoy football, isn't it? It's because you actually get invested in the game. It's narrative. As yeah. Kyle and I have said since, since we recorded our first one of these podcasts, Absolutely. what we're in this for is the narrative. Absolutely. And another nice thing with international football, if we put aside the nationalism, which is obviously very difficult, it's a World Cup of nations, <laughs> but they don't get paid. There are bonuses... Uh, and, and most of the big rich players give all of their proceedings to charity. So all this heart and guts and want is it's not money based, and that's nice to see players wanting to play for each other, yeah, for their mm. families, whatever, and for the national pride. I mean, I'd have no, like I said, I, I, I'll put my hand on my heart and say I have no national pride. But it's nice sometimes when people do, and those Japanese boys looked devastated, sobbing. They were all sobbing all into crying. their towels, yeah, like silly little boys. <laughs> but now they're men. That was a heart back to when David a... Beckham was crossing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't being racist. Again. No, I got it. I also should point out that we were so excited that when Kyle went to say Joel, he just called him Japol, <laughs> which <laughs> I think should now be his name on the podcast. I just wanted to say Japan, Japan as much Japan. as I can. Just, just Japol! I mean, Japol, wait! <laughs> what a, oh, what well, I mean, this episode has it's had its ups and downs. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, um, I would say that we've ended actually uh, for those of you who don't know the person who scored that third goal for Belgium Nasser Chadley has had a terrible season he's barely played for West Brom as they got relegated from the Premier League we've sort of found a new Russian roulette I'd say if he can do that in the World Cup no Carl? I mean he's played about a collective I think he played a, a bit of the England game actually but he's played probably in total about the length of one game out of four yep. uh, he scored the most important goal of his career, I would say, today. Yeah, mm. probably he'll never score a more important goal. So maybe he should mm. just retire. Yeah, give yeah. up, give up yeah. the club. Don't game. be a Russian roulette. <laughs> just retire. Um, uh, on that positive note, uh, Amr, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. You got anything you want to plug whilst you're here? Well, you didn't actually say what I, who I am. No, we don't. You do said that. my name a lot. Oh, we don't do that on the podcast. Oh, okay. Amr is, is one third of a talented triptych called Strong Asian Mothers. Is it a triptych? That would be the three, three portraits. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, well, the picture I'm going to tweet is a pretty much a I'll triptych. take it. Yeah, cool. I, I mean, it sounded good. Strong, um, strong, Asian, strong Mothers. Asian Mothers. Yeah, how, would yeah. you defi- how would you describe your, your music album? Oh, we're a genre-bending uh, trio of electronic indie musicians with indie sensibilities. Electronic in- indie musicians <laughs> with indie... I don't know. Someone once described us as hip-hop alt-pop. Hip-hop, alt-pop. Hip-hop, alt-pop. Nice. Speaking of hip-hop, alt-pop, yeah. you've done us a solid, haven't you? Yeah, I meant to do some specific guest stings for your podcast. As we established, stings are musical interludes. But I um, ended up getting carried away and ended up writing a two-minute-long old-school hip-hop rap about uh, using hip-hop, uh, using football to just go and see friends at the pub. Um, so, uh, the, the next two minutes <laughs> are, uh, are thanks to one-third of that famous... Triptych, strong Asian mother. You have a gig coming up, like we said. Yeah, but, well, we're going to play Boardmasters Festival in Cornwall. In, in Newquay? Uh, yeah. Uh, my family go to that, so. Fantastic. Auntie Sam, Uncle Jamie. I'll give them my number, Kyle. I will, you can have a drink. And they can beach. get on stage with us and bloody. Don't my, my Auntie Sam would love that. <laughs>
We will be getting Sam? ahead of the. Oh, just keep That's that the in. acronym of our, ne- our band name. <gasps> oh my, oh my God. goodness, Auntie it's all Sam coming together. And Sam on the beach. We will, we will be getting ahead of the last two games in the round of 16 <laughs> in the next episode or episodes of the Absolute Worldy Podcast. Goodbye for now. Such a good radio voice. Goodbye, Japal. <laughs> goodbye, Japal. Goodbye, Japal. <laughs> and bye from me, Japama. <laughs> Absolute Worldie podcast is produced by Joel Samuels and Kyle Ross. Our theme tune is courtesy of Adam Janota Bozalski, and all other music is non-copyright and licensed under Creative Commons. Thanks again for listening. Do remember to like, share, and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and follow at Worldie Podcast on Twitter.